and then somehow you've got a perfect skin and yet on the ground is this amorphous blob of horror. the rps electronic wireless show i'm brendan this is episode 22 we were missing last week but we're here now we're here today i'm here with matt cox hello and john walker hello we are not going to waste any time today because we don't have any time um we don't even have a topic today i guess the general theme could just be there are too many games because we've had loads, it's November. But we're going to concentrate on one game, really, this week, and that's Call of Duty World War II, or WW2, or WWII. Yes, sorry, I should I should call it its proper name, shouldn't that's I? That's right. So, you guys have both been playing this. I haven't played much. But you've both been playing different separate sides of that. And anyone who doesn't like to listen with their ears can read those on our website. Uh, I like that they would have listened this far before (laughs) being told that. Oh, I'm going to listen just in case I can find out whether I'm allowed to read. (laughs) You can read. You can read. But I think let's start with the single player mode. We'll get on to the multiplayer later, which is usually what everybody plays for. But we'll we'll do single player first. Which you've been covering, John. I Uh think you quite liked it. Yeah, I surprised myself. Um, I got... uh, I used to... So, the original Call of Duty and Call of Duty 2 were both amazing games. They didn't even have multiplayer. They probably did, but no one cared. (laughs) They were... um, I like how you just threw that out there like you didn't even know. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't care. Multiplayer is for idiots. Um, The... The, yeah, they were really good games. They were about how war was awful. We're not allowed to swear on this podcast, are we? Not really, no. They were about how war was just some awful poo. Awful. Mm-hmm. Dreadful, a dreadful business. And um, and yeah, and then it was. I used to go on the preview trips. I went on the preview trips for COD 2 and 3, and both of them, it was amazing. There was this conflict between two halves of, of, um, of Infinity Ward, where one half were saying, this is about respecting the veterans. We interview the veterans. We were trying to tell their stories in an honest and brutal way. We're trying to capture the reality of what they went through. And, and then the other half saying, we're trying to make things get really explodier than last time. We've got, we've added five or six more explosions this time. And, then we've, and it was really interesting how these two halves existed in conflict. And I think that was what caused the games to be so good. And then somehow the first group um, were all, killed or something and then the games became horrible <laughs> and uh yeah they started to really focus on the multiplayer which is sure i'm sure is lovely for idiots but no good for me and um and yeah and the single players became genuinely hateful like objectionable in the extreme um, which is always fascinating me because they must have cost a fortune but as you say people weren't buying the games for these single players and yet they were making them i, wonder, I never understood why all right when you say that they were completely awful and objectionable in later ones like where are you counting that is that from like modern I'd... warfare era yeah i don't want to be too specific because i'll get it wrong but around 2010 that's when it was at its absolute nadir they were uh really yucky games at that point i coined the term ungame to describe i think it was modern warfare 3 maybe uh because they were obviously they're games i'm not such a i'm not a cretin that says things aren't games but they were sort of like the the antithesis of a game at the same time they didn't want you to play 
They were really, really determined that you were just going to watch buildings fall down, but not actually do anything. So you and mean so, things like the characters would get in front of you and open all the doors for yeah, you and just basically absolutely. take you on a little roller coaster ride where you have to keep your arms inside the truck at all times. This is the whole follow the bum experience. Yes. Follow the what? Follow the bum. I don't get it. What is that? You're just following <laughs> men's bottoms. Oh, follow the bum. Oh, yeah. I thought you were saying follow the bun. And I was like, <laughs> is there a delicious, <laughs> delicious pastry in one of these? That would have be been way better. better game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, you were just being dragged by the nostrils down these shoulder-wide corridors, um, being me- literally made to look at stuff. You, got, you weren't allowed to look at something else. You had to look at the expensive building falling down. And there were just no, you just didn't get to play. Everyone, you you were watching the other the NPCs play the game as you ran along behind, going, guys, guys, can I have a go? Please, can can I? Uh, no, okay, sorry, okay. Okay, but to okay, but to 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 stop booting the entire franchise for a second deserves it. Does the new one? Does the new one fix that? It kind of quite remarkably does. Uh, it's Sledgehammer who were responsible for that atrocious Warhammer 3, uh, Modern Warfare 3 campaign and they really just seem to have figured it out so what they've done is they've created what you expect from a Call of Duty campaign which is a lot of spectacle and indeed buildings falling down but also let you play at the same time so it's a corridor but then who cares great FPSs are often set in corridors um, and what it really does better than anything I've seen in a long time is hide the rails. So you're running through the woods and it feels like you're in wide open woods and you think, oh, I'm going to go that way. And you go that way. And it's only afterwards you realise that was the only route you could ever, ever have taken. But that's perfect. Make the make the player feel like they're choosing the route because it's the best. It's the most entertaining way to go. And they do a great job of that. Um, and you get to shoot a lot of things and it, stop, it, it only occasionally uh, makes you do a QTE instead of having fun. Oh, so it, it does. It, does that? So how often does that happen? Because I so played, it's... I played about two levels, and it happened enough that it annoyed me. Yeah, it's it. You you get this this uh sort of shot for shot remake of Medal of Honor's um Normandy Beach Landing, which is odd. Um, and then you get to clear out some bunkers, and that's all good. And then then the final bunker, it suddenly just contradicts everything and has a man attack you with a knife, even though you could easily have shot him. And then it makes you hammer at buttons and it, it spoils things. But then it doesn't do it again for a bit. And then when every time it does, you think, why are you doing this? It seems so incongruous to the rest of the game. It's like they're contractually obliged to include them. But they're very occasional this time, which is a huge relief. And um, and, and more importantly, there's enough other stuff going on around it that it doesn't just feel like an insult. In terms of, I'm not going to say historical accuracy, because this is a game where you are private in... The infantry seems to be able to do everything. Oh no, you for don't the first know. First couple of levels, anyway. Well, no, no, I wouldn't say that's. F- I don't know if that's necessarily fair. When it gets, when it goes into other directions, you play other people. So, and you're flying an airplane, you're not playing the same character. Yeah, but in the first level, doesn't he hop on an AA gun and just fire away? I don't think normal recruits were trained oh, to probably. do any of that. Like, <laughs> probably, yeah. It's the red. It's, it's the first infantry who were in Treyarch did a big red one. You <laughs> see. For, uh, for a place I reviewed it for Eurogaming, it was a PS2 exclusive, and it wasn't very good. Um, but it, can't, but they were really, really trying to capture the reality. If they were, well, I remember reading the interviews and talking to them and just about how obsessed they were with trying to capture the first inventory. I don't think this game is quite so worried about the historical accuracy. Um, but I think the other, what is interesting about it is, oh, I'm gonna, I didn't say this in the review because it was all a bit, you know, brand new, but. Um, at the end of the game, so it is a bit of a spoiler, it does start to deal with the reality of the Nazis, which it doesn't do throughout. So I thought, oh, they've just made it into the Germans are the baddies and we'll call them Krauts seven million times throughout. But we won't actually tackle what they were, why they were baddies. They're it's, just the, the ones shooting back. It's taken out the swastikas, right? That's a thing. Yes, it really has. No, it ha- no, it hasn't because they're on flags all over. Like you go into uh, Nazi headquarters in a stealth mission and there's Nazi flags everywhere. So it definitely okay. hasn't done that. But it feels like it's going to for a really long time. But it's not until the very, very end that it actually uh, a Jewish character on your team is captured and the reality of what actually happened in that war creeps in and it's really interesting and almost quite subversive that they put it at the very end they they do it like the the cowardly um 
version of it but they, you know let's just have them be baddies but not say why but then they actually say why toward the end and it's really quite chilling and there's some very upsetting scenes in a prisoner of war camp it's quite impressive as far as the storytelling goes then is it actually is it i don't know as respectful or as uh how would you put it i don't know it's not respectful no no it's not the sense. word i'm looking for but you know is it like those older games is it is it it gets a bit closer. Yeah. It gets a bit closer. So where is this this the uh, the the show had be- the show the, the games had become about America is amazing and look we've got robots and guns and it's brilliant. Um, isn't America brilliant? All that sort of that's a lot less of that. It, you are just following an American unit. There's they, they have um, some British and French characters in it, but you're very much focused on this American unit. It's none of the... So it doesn't go back to the tradition. Oh, I think what was so subversive about the first game is the section where you played as the Russians and it and it was very bleak. Um, there's nothing like that. Um, and of course, they still haven't. And I remember every time I asked the developers about this, they always bristle about why they'd ever show a German campaign. But anyway, they, it doesn't come close to that again. But... And there's those bits of America are great and we're here to save the day. They need us to save the war and all this sort of stuff. But it's kind of true too. And um, what's nice about the storytelling this time out is it's much more focused on the conflicts you're in rather than pretending like they've crafted these extraordinary characters whose lives and private lives and families at home are so interesting to you, the player. They, there's there's very little of that. The, the sort of storyline amongst the characters is that they've got a sergeant who's horrid and why and reflect and, and there's a, that that's very low key and it kind of gets a bit more bombastic toward the end but yeah it's all sort of rather mild in terms of it's um wanting to show off which is quite nice all right i should stress it's not great it's, it's just it's like um <laughs> it's like being a really it's like being a really bad partner so you're in a marriage and you do almost no cleaning at all at any point and then one day you clean the bathroom and you're like hey look i cleaned the bathroom hey aren't i amazing like well it's great that you clean the bathroom but it's sort of like that it's sort <laughs> of like this is how it should have been all along yeah exactly activision cleaned the bathroom for once that's what i'm saying here <laughs> so okay there you go you can take that in 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 that way activision and sledgehammer games have have done their chores Um, as far as the multiplayer goes Matt Mm. well I was about to say they might have dirtied the bathroom so to speak a little bit with the multiplayer I mean so the thing about it is is, and they've been really keen to push this angle like that they're returning to the series roots restoring boots on the ground gameplay meaning there are no fun jets packs or wall running anymore which was sort of like the parts i most enjoyed from previous call of duty multiplayer i heard i've heard that jetpack kids are rubbish and i've seen i played for maybe a little like five minute period and i saw people typing into the chat jetpack kids get wrecked well i'd say that as a personal slight <laughs> Uh, and I'm gonna uh, leave. But what? Why? Why <laughs> don't leave? <laughs> why? Why do you prefer the other way? Is it that there's just not enough toys to play with, or is there just something about the combat that so feels I think, old-fashioned? I mean, I think it's both of those things. And I mean, here's the thing: is like a lot of people are going, like, do say they prefer that, but those people aren't me and i think yeah to an extent that's because whatever game i'm playing i always like to be mobile i always like to be fast and i suppose like some of the best moments i enjoy in a shooter are like when i'm when i gain the upper hand by you know surprising someone by coming from a weird angle or you know managing to chain my movement in such a way that i avoid their fire whereas this it's sort of nearly always you you jump around a corner and then get shot or shoot the man and like yeah that's that's still fun there's a thrill to that and they've succeeded in recreating what the old call of duties were like but yeah it just doesn't have quite the same thrill to me anymore. wouldn't it be brilliant if they had put in jet packs of wall running to, and then but otherwise <laughs> kept it really straight world war Two. Uh, I'm awaiting the secret weapons of World War Two <laughs> DLC, but like because there was that thing for um, 
oh, was it Battlefield? Some game that added in stuff like that, not quite as off the wall. But <laughs> Are you saying that it's a bad multiplayer or that it's just lacking compared to previous ones? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm not saying it's bad. I think like the shooting at its core is still good. It still feels satisfying. It's just it doesn't have the same the same variety as previous games or like games outside of it because that was the thing i mainly came back to was like this is this is fun but other shooters offer more like i'd rather have the extra elements of like uh, managing your cooldowns in destiny which is like more also has the more aerial side of things as well um, You'd rather be running from wall to wall in Titanfall 2 if anyone still played Titanfall 2. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and right. then it's like, if I wanted a, if I want to play a proper World War 2 shoot, so I've got Red Orchestra. And I know that they are... This does cater to a slightly different audience to that. But for me, it was it was a case of everything this does, I, I could be playing another game that does it better. Do you think Call of Duty should be competing against the likes of Destiny? Is that where it needs? Is that the one it needed to match? Well, uh, no, that's a fair point. And you see, I can totally see that if they had done the futuristic running around again, loads of people would say, "Oh, they've just done the futuristic running around on walls again." Thing, but yeah, I <laughs> I would have honestly preferred that. The thing is, realistically, I don't mean in a in a you know in an artistic sense. But in a in a business sense, they are competing with Destiny. I mean, like, if you want to shoot people with your mates, you're going to look at the big games and they're going to be Destiny or Call of Duty, right? Mm. Yeah, you, I mean, you might be swayed by what kind of... Does it have a sci-fi skin or a war skin? But there's going to be generally crossover there. So It's true. And, I mean, in all honesty, it doesn't matter what I say. <laughs> like, enough people are going to get this. Um, that's true that's true of the whole industry though it doesn't matter what we say <laughs> so there you go don't just stop listening to this podcast you've already bought it or you haven't bought it and you're not going to change that that's it <laughs> just... needn't bother needn't bother reading the website either for that yeah. matter just, just yeah. stop listening forget what i said about reading the two articles that matt and john have written just just go home just we're done just, yeah life is pointless isn't it uh, one redeeming feature of um, life and Call of Duty World War II <laughs> is uh, that the Nazi Zombies mode has David Tennant in it. That's the thing it's, I most liked about that. It's got another famous in as well, hasn't it? I was looking at the um, um, crazy list of famous people in it. I'm going to look so it up David, now. David Tennant, former former Doctor Who David Tennant. Yes. You know, he's a sweary Scotsman. In fact, he's also in Tree Through Tom on CBeebies, which is one of the most annoying and dreadful things that's ever happened. So he's not all good. Uh, no, it, it, it's strange that you seem to not like it. I thought you would have been all for it in a kind of, this feels true to form kind of way. But uh, I guess if after uh, so many years of putting new stuff in, adding a jetpack, adding rollerblades and so forth. Of course, it's going to feel a bit dry. You die very quickly, right? You do, yeah. As in, you can't take a whole lot of shots to the bod or the head. No, it is like, you see someone and a second later, you're down. Which, I mean, yeah, I think that's again partly why I'm not enjoying it. Like, um, what I said in the piece, as much, what I said in the piece I wrote was that, like, fights in other games feel like, they can feel like dances and the mobility side of things helps with that, but also, yeah, just not dying in a sec in a second allows yeah. that dance to happen, as opposed to see a man die to the man. There's a kind of miserable irony to that, bearing in mind in the game, the uh, Nazis can be shot ten squillion times in the head and be fine. There's some <laughs> real bullet sponge issues in the single player. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's a there's a, it, it, it's it's. If you're using particular weapons, you can headshot, but a, a machine gun, if you're popping a machine gun in the head, it takes about like, 12, 20 rounds, and it's, it's silly. And um, they also have that uh, um, immortal animation thing where if they stagger to the ground because you shoot them in the head, they can always get back up again, and and you're just watching that same animation over and over and over again, thinking, oh, bloody hell, I just shot you, what's going on? And then 
even stupider. You know you've got a successful headshot because their hat pops off about 13 feet in the air. <laughs> and they survive is... that. No, they don't. If their hat pops up in the air, you know you got them. But yes, yeah, there's a lot of bullet spongy issues, especially toward the end. I feel like in a multiplayer, if if you're that quick to de- to die, and that's part of the appeal, like you you're trying to be a better twitch shooter than the person who's coming around the next corner, then why not play like Red or- Orchestra Two or uh, Day of Infamy or anything like that, which has all of these things, but just like takes away your radar and all these kill streak things and just puts you on a, a, a well made map and add some other little things like you know uh, artillery strikes or whatever hmm. you know why not just do that I mean I suppose there's less downtime in this like that's one thing it's got going for it is you are sort of you're always in the thick of things and like only some of the modes like most of the modes don't even have respawn timers like as has been typical with Call of Duty. Does it have does it have health packs? Because that's the, the other thing about the campaign is that you, your health does not recover when you hide at all. Um, not even the last little scrappy bit. And so you have to use health packs all the way through which was actually added a lot to the game. Is, is that in the multiplayer too? Nah, it's it's regenerating your health. You would I think oh. you'd die. The health pools are just too small. For yeah, the there'd almost be no be. point in trying to find a health pack, would there? No. <laughs> Alright, well there we go. Call of Duty is it good? Is it not good? What do you think? It's alright. It'll do. There we go. RPS verdict. It's grand. It's <laughs> fine. You've already bought it, so forget about it. It will make two billion dollars, whatever we say. None of us have really played too much of Wolfenstein 2, so we can't compare it to the other game in which you shoot Nazis. Uh, sadly. Which is something we'll have to wait for. We'll have to wait for Adam to come back uh, next week for that. Um, sorry. I'm going to pretend I've played Wolfenstein 2. Okay, well how does it compare, John? They're, they're very different games, but Wolfenstein 2 is slightly better. Um, and it's got funnier bits and there's also some rude stuff. There you go. Mm. That's good. Sounds like an informed opinion. Yeah, it's probably exactly what Adam will say. So Exactly. Um, Matt, you've also pretended to play Wolfenstein 2. How do you, how do you think they compare? Um, does Wolfenstein 2 have, have multi- yeah I played Wolfenstein 2's <laughs> multiplayer <laughs> you didn't get this at all did you <laughs> I blanked <laughs> it's okay it's okay it's not as good there we go Whoa. Uh, conflicting opinions whoa controversial <laughs> I don't like Wolfenstein 2 though because I, I think it's really I don't want politics in my games Get out politics. Yeah. <laughs> tell you, who are they to tell me that the Nazis were bad guys? Okay. I'm going to stop this. <laughs> Alright. And I'm going to... We're going to play a little game. Don't panic. I've explained this to you both before we started recording. Gave us all the answers beforehand. Yeah. Um, it's not as ridiculous as last last time's game. I'm going to... It's called War or Gnaw. I'm going to read out a list of names of war games. And you're going to tell me if it is a real war game by saying war. Or if it is a f- not real war game by saying gnaw. And we shouting over each other, or are we taking it in turns? Um, you can shout over each other if you like. It's good radio. Okay, so are you guys ready for war or no? Bring it on. War. That that's not no. Well, didn't that seem like the right way to say yes? Yeah. Okay, you're right. Actually, yeah. War. Okay. Company of Heroes. War. War. Call of Duty. War. War. Burrs of Steel. Ooh. No. It's no, yeah. Medal of Honor. War. Jeeps of Valor. <laughs> I want that to be war. I'm, I'm also getting war. It's no. Oh. oh. Day of Defeat. War. Stars of Stripes. Stars of Stripes? <laughs> Stars of Stripes, yeah. 
No. no. Man of War. War. Theater of War. War. Hogs of War. War. Boots of War. No. War. It's no. Oh. Yes. War of War. <laughs> no. No. It's no. That's it. You did quite well. I think I won. I think that's what's important. <laughs> it wasn't a competition. It wasn't it's a li- war. It's oh. I don't understand the point then. What was <laughs> what was that for? Stupid. <laughs> Another field game. <laughs> Imagine if you put some some uh, vaguely unknown war games in there, then that would have worked. Uh, it, it might have, but um, I, I couldn't find any in the Steam list that I was consulting. <laughs> I'm just going to link you to a site called Moby Games. I don't, I don't want that site. I don't want that. <laughs> Keep that away from me. Um, okay, that was War or Not. Uh, the big hit quiz show of the year. Quiz show, podcast quiz show of the year. Will there ever be more War or Not? There might be more war of not war. There might be more <laughs> war of not. <laughs> sometime in the future, um, if another war game is out, uh, or a real war breaks out, or if a real war breaks out, we might we might just play it every day. Is today war or not? <laughs> look, look outside. <laughs> well, doesn't seem to be any war yet. All right, that that's it. That's that over. Uh, we've we've been playing some other games to move on from war. Uh, and I know you both have been playing. Well, I haven't actually been playing anything because I don't I don't do that. Um, <laughs> don't like games, do you? But you guys have been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, mm. which isn't about a war at all. Which is about um, a man in Egypt running up pyramids and making friends with an eagle. As far as I can tell. It's pretty that accurate. pretty much captures it, yeah. That's it. Okay. I'm going to ask you, John, what's what's the crack with Assassin's Creed Origins? I found it a peculiar experience. I've been trying to capture it on a couple of occasions in articles. Um, that it's the most neutral experience I can ever remember having. I, I think I best, when it fell out my fingers as I was writing Steam charts this week, that it's the fidget spinner of gaming. <laughs> You can just sort of just keep playing it idly. I'm going to spin a fidget spinner next to the microphone. Can you hear it? Yeah. No. No, that's good. Um, it's that it's sort of uh, that idle activity that keeps your fingers busy and there's nothing wrong with it. There's no harm done. You could probably while away quite a lot of hours with it, but you're not actually having any emotional reaction or sense of engagement. I don't know. It's the most bland... Th- nothingness stuff to do I've ever experienced. See, I wouldn't go quite that far. You have got a fidget spinner, though. It's yeah, I know, because I am 40 years old. <laughs> um, there's no... Uh, it's not, it's not in neg- I'm not saying anything negative about the game. It's really hard to explain what I mean. It's, I Because, good God, if only there were. Like, if it's just so nothing. It's just this... It's just a whole bunch of stuff to do. Sounds really negative. <laughs> yeah, but that's... But that's nothing, there's nothing wrong with any of the stuff you do. You just do some stuff and it whiles away time. And then at the end you go, oh, I guess I whiled away some time there. It's very pretty stuff, John. It is. And I like taking photographs with it. And I do love, I'm going to write a little thing today about how much I love the the water. Because I love the noises the water makes. Mm. It's the most watery, it's the most wet water I've ever encountered in a game. Would you say that this is the best Nile you've ever seen? In a game about Egypt. <laughs> Do you know, I don't think I've found the Nile yet. What? Yeah, what's the, where's the water coming from then? The coast? Yeah, it's the Egyptian coast. Uh... No, this just, I don't know, maybe it's the Nile. I have no idea. There just seems to be an abundance of water everywhere in this desert. But it's just got this lovely gloopy, bloopy underwater sounds. It feels very realistic. And I have a three-year-old that insists whenever he sees me playing a game that I have to jump in water. And if the game doesn't have water, he doesn't understand why it exists. <laughs> so I've become quite the pro at the watery noises in games. Link won't Link won't swim underwater, therefore that's, that's very, very disapproved of. But Mario will, so that is approved of. And Assassin's Creed Origins gets a tick 
because you can swim underwater. All right. I'm going to quickly set up a game called Water or Not. Water. Matt, it sounds like you don't agree, or you agree in part, or you, maybe you agree in full. I don't know. I'm just saying things to introduce you. <laughs> I agree. I agree in part. Like, I don't think any individual part of it is, you know, incredibly exciting. But I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a nothing experience. I mean, I, th- I think there's still there's still that basic thrill to infiltrating a camp, which yeah, we've been doing for a very long time in Assassin's Creed. But yeah, I mean the, the I my, comp- but I haven't had any trouble with it. Like I infiltrate. There's these entire cities where you're not allowed to go inside. And I just go inside them and kill absolutely everyone in the entire city. And the game doesn't even notice I've done it. That's true. It's really odd. It's like you expect the sort of far cry. You've cleared the city. Here's a, here's a badge. But it just sort of goes, nah, <laughs> doesn't mind. Yeah, um, there are like a couple of things. that like There are a couple of really neat touches that I think have elevated my enjoyment. Like, um, I was going to say with the water, it encourages you to go near it. Because if you're ever swimming, like nearby boats will come and pick you up. Which is a lovely little thing. And um, we haven't talked about the way you can constantly swap to your eagle and the way that uh, works with the auto travel system, where if you set a destination, your horse will just follow the road to get there. And so you or can... unicorn. Or, or unicorn. And so you can swap to your eagle and yeah, have an epic journey cam as you're swooping over the desert. I love that. Wait, wait, okay, wait, wait. You both said, or unicorn there. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, something we're just going to gloss over. If you look at my support post from last week, uh, everyone subscribed, so you can. I just put lots of photographs of to, to screenshots of the um, of the unicorn. So there's uh, I, the version I got of the game to 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 play uh, came with a bunch of free in-game money, and one of the first things I could see that I could buy was a unicorn mount, um, which. So I had that from the opening of the game, and it beautifully undermines absolutely everything in the game. This is a game in which your character's personality is purely... They have written so little effort into writing the main character that his personality is purely that he accidentally stabbed his own son to death. That's his personality. (laughs) Literally, that's literally true. And... um, and so you can just in a game that's trying to be that dark and and moody, you can just ride around on a pony on a on a pony corn. That even better has magic sparkles coming out of its horn and leaves rainbow trails behind when it takes. <laughs> it just so beautifully undermines every moment of of attempted pathos in the game. When you say Matt that you can make your unicorn or horse run along the road like follow the path automatically. Does it do so in a more or less janky fashion as Geralt's horse from The Witcher Three? Um, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit more janky. It's still, it's it's more janky than that. I, I'd say so. I didn't have that many problems with The Witcher horse. What's his name? He constantly went the wrong way. Huh. Wait, I thought with that um, one, it was just when you, whenever you were on a road, you could. You press A and it would keep following that road. Yeah, but then when the road forks and you want him to go right, you kind of like push right a little bit. And he kind of goes right a little bit. And then he decides, no, I don't. I want to go left. And then he just runs into a tree. I guess it... <laughs> I can't remember having that many problems. But yeah, I, I guess it depends. It varies whether you're in like... If you're in the middle of a city, he'll keep bumping into things and stopping. But when you're out in the wilderness... And the the advantage of it, like with the Witcher, you had to already be on a road, whereas with this one, you can just set it anywhere and it will make its way there, any custom location, which is good. I actually quite I quite like controlling the horses. So the unicorns, yeah, or unicorns. I think they're a sort of within the horse genus. Um, <laughs> I, I quite like the control. So every time I've accidentally clicked the button to make it ride itself, I've like, no, I actually quite enjoy just charging about. So I've left myself do it. Fair enough. Missing out on some cool eagle views. What does what else does the eagle do? He points out enemies for you, I guess. It's very good for marking it. Yeah, and it's it's he's a psychic eagle, which helps. So he can see enemies inside buildings and mark them for you too. It's very easy. It's an oddly easy game. Right, I'm I'm confused. Okay, because this has probably been explained elsewhere, and I just haven't been keeping up. But the Egyptians were before Christianity, right? Yeah, quite a bit before. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just clearing that up in case something from my own history has gone horribly wrong. Um, 
how how did the Templars exist before Christianity? So they don't, they don't. Um, I don't know much about Assassin's Creed. So the, as in terms of a wider plot, I don't really know how it fits in. But what they've done is rather than setting it in sort of the ancientest of Egypts, they've gone for um, sort of Roman Egypt. So okay. Cleopatra era. Yeah. So uh, you're already exploring quite a lot of very old buildings that are quite worn down already. Um, so it's sort of set around there. But yes, it's, it's definitely it's definitely not being troubled by 11th century AD at this point. Um, I think that's when the is that when the Knights Templar started. My history is very poor. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's probably maybe Matt knows, but uh, I think you're playing some uh, in the future. You're playing a lady who is stolen or or misusing some portable version of the technology um, and hiding out in some cave trying to explore Egypt. I don't really care why. Matt, do you care? Not about the specific characters in the future or, or like the micro struggle but i have always kind of uh guiltily indulged in enjoying the the futuristic bits and like the broader struggle between the templars and the assassins over the eight eons oh my goodness the uh, the templar were 1119 to 1312 i got some history right did you just quickly google that I did. I, it's not 11th century, it's 12th century, but goodness me, that was you, close. You're not allowed to type on the podcast, John. I don't I don't mind. I don't mind about that. <laughs> no, no, what? what? It's, okay. it's broken That's the rules. rules work. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Can't believe I got a bit of history right. So it's either a nothing game or... It's not a nothing game. It's just a neutral game. It's 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 in neutral and it's coasting along. It's the best Assassin's Creed game I've played since Black Flag. It's the Assassin's Creed game I've played. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, John, have you not played any of the ones? I've played a little bit of one of them once, but no, it's for some reason it's you know when you don't get in at the beginning of a se- in our job when you don't get in at the beginning of a series then no one really wants you to review any of the later ones yeah and how can you ever possibly have time to play a game that big if you're not doing it for work yeah and yeah so it's that we one of those just you end up just sort of some series entirely pass you by this is one of them so i was quite glad to get into it a bit but then quite shocked to realize it just feels derivative of all the other ubisoft games that i play all right yeah see i would go the other way and think that all the other ubisoft games are derivative of the Assassin's Creed franchise. I don't know. It just felt like um, like there are base cleary bits where you have to go in and kill everyone, and that felt very poor compared to uh, Far Cry's. Lots of things felt like Far Cry Light all the way through playing it to me. Maybe whether that's because Far Cry's nicked the ideas and done the better, I don't know. Who? Can the other say... thing that was interesting. Sorry, Brendan, you were doing a very rappy up tone <laughs> no, of no, voice no, there, and I no, just trampled it, over it. it. Do it. We've got time. Uh, I was thinking. Um, I. Again, obviously, I know that I'm not. I'm not ignorant of Assassin's Creed. I'm a very informed individual. Um, but what was I found really fascinating about the game is it made no effort whatsoever to tell you what the deal is with Assassin's Creed games. So you're playing this guy in Egypt for the longest time and think, oh, it's just a game set in Egypt. And then it, then you jump forward to this lady in a cave in the future, and there's no like, oh, by the way, this is what our games are about. There's a complete assumption that everyone playing this game is is au fait with the series, which I think was a. Uh, whether it's just they've been making them for so long they can't think outside their own universe, the poor, poor people, or whether it was arrogance, I don't know. It's odd. <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, that didn't register with me. Um, they've gotten into my brain. Yeah, exactly. But that, which makes perfect sense. And so they're making, are they just making the game for the audience they've already got? Because that seems like a very dangerous way of approaching it. It says it's about its origins. So I'm guessing uh, it, it it's for big fans who want to find out how it all began does does it tell you how it all began matt i don't know this through direct experience because i have to admit i've been mostly skipping the cutscenes. but yes that tells us more than what we need to know there are something like 875 billion pages of text you can read when you go to the future you can look on her computer and she's got pages and pages and pages of dry, dreary, miserable information about other Assassin's Creed games, as far as I can tell. I mean, but does it explain the beginning? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, not okay. those text files. The the broader story arc is about the founda- founding, the brotherhood of Assassins. The, there's another thing about it that I've read, which is that 
it has a education educational mode. I was about to say educationary, but that education educational. <laughs> there's a there's an edgy mode, uh, edutainment style. Go and explore Egypt and learn things about how uh, mummies had their brains pull out their noses type deal. Well, that's the thing. So the reason I was playing it in the first place is my job was to go and find out about this because I don't know if anyone ever has noticed. I don't know if this has come across in this podcast at all. But uh, Rock Paper Shotgun isn't the most organised of websites. We are and very organised, no. John. We had a we had a replacement podcast last week when we missed our deadlines. Well, I, I, uh, Adam asked me to play the game to explore this. All of us having somehow managed to miss, even though we published this ourselves, that doesn't come out till next year. So you know. It doesn't come out till next year. Okay, that's fine. And we don't need to worry about learning things about Egypt for now. We haven't mentioned how the combat's way better. Is it though? Yeah. In the old games, it was like combat was just waiting for them to attack you, then pressing the button that killed them, like a really limited version of Batman's combat. Uh, now you're you can be much more aggressive. I mean, it's still not amazing, but it's definitely a big improvement. I think um, Edwin, who wrote our review for it find it a bit f- I don't know, did he say floaty or something he said it was it would be more intuitive to someone who would who who could get very skilled at it it would allow people to get skilled at it as opposed to the old way in which you fought which was just reliant on you hitting the right button at the right time mm. there's lots of timing moves and things where you can counter and, and bits and bobs like that yeah there's a there's a good like varied move set also, it's got, and I don't know if previous Assassin's Creed's had this, and if they did, then they're all 10 out of 10 games, because it's got an arrow you can fire that you can then control after you fire, so you can fire it around corners, <laughs> like like people used to be able to in the Egypt days. I think that's one of the only things I've seen of the game, which is a trailer that, and where is it, what's his name, um, your main character's name? I don't know. It's name, I think it's Brent Grunt's face. Wow. So, Matt, you you like it. You think it's all right. Yeah. But you've skipped all the cutscenes. <laughs> Most. <laughs> you don't know the name of the character that you're playing as. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah. There are certain bits in it that I'm invested more than others. Like the eagle and the horse. Yeah. I'm having a pretty time with my eagle. This is perhaps another thing we haven't chatted about as well, which we should briefly mention, is that there are lots of animals in Egypt, and some of them are crocodiles and some of them are hippos and you can see those and you can make them all your friends with a special skill i haven't got that skill yet so i could only make them my special dead friends um so when you make them your friends does that mean that you can send them to kill people i think they just follow you around i haven't unlocked the skill yet either but i have turned some of them into some lovely handbags oh so they're still the let's skin the things let's use their very sort of tame version compared to Far Cry so again. Does it do it in that weird Red Dead Redemption way where you bend down to skin a thing and No, you just press you just press Y. It doesn't even what? have it doesn't even have Far Cry's bend over and then the knife go rip, 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 rip and then somehow you've got a perfect skin and yet on the ground is this amorphous blob of horror from uh <laughs> what's that film is it society that film where all the people have a big orgy and they all blend into one big amorphous blob? I have not seen that film, but I am adding it to my list. I think it's called Society. It used to be on BBC Two at night when I was a teenager quite often. <laughs> you could see some boobies and some willies. And a giant amorphous blob of flesh. That's right. Hot. If that's what you're into. Whew. Okay. Great. All right. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like the game for me definitely doesn't. I've been an ardent unsupporter of Ubi for a long time. Wow, do you hate, do you hate them because of their DRM? I don't. I don't hate them. I don't. No. I, I don't. That'd I don't. Be silly. It'd be really silly to hate a publisher. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna hate. I hate buses as a principle now. <laughs> buses. Uh, just... I just. I just think they're very, uh, like you say, kind of neutral. They make neutral games. Um, they just follow a formula that they've been following for. Probably a decade now, if not more, maybe. And it's the same. Every game I play of them, it feels the same. Even when they go off the beaten track and do like a sports game, it's not an off the beaten track at all, is it? It's just there was there was grow grow home, 
Okay. Yeah, actually, I am being unfair because they do have small things that come out. They have Grow Home. I haven't played it, but everyone says the Rayman Origins. It's yeah. very good. It is very, it's very good. good. And mm-hmm. Legends, I think there's no. Um, and they do some. They do smaller things like that, which I think pro- are probably, you know, better than the big junk food that they make. Played a lot of Black Flag. And I understand why everyone says that that is the best Assassin's Creed game because it has boats and pirate shanties. <laughs> but it was still me just going from icon to icon and polishing my mini map, which I, f- I feel like is a is a done thing now, and I, I just can't I just can't really get into it anymore. Sorry, sorry guys. I think that'll be it. I think Ubisoft will hear that and they'll change their ways. You reckon? Oh yeah, that'll do. That you'll be the straw. Oh, I'm so glad the straw that broke the unicorn's back. Yes. <laughs> uh, we haven't been playing anything else this week, so unless... I've played lots of Nintendo games. Let's talk about Nintendo. We can't games. talk about that. We can't talk about that. They, they don't exist. All the best <laughs> games in the world right now don't exist. Do you know what the best game this year was? What? Horizon Zero Dawn. Don't tell anyone. I like how you're leaning into your mic to do this. It's because I'm divulging a secret. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn was PS4, right? Yeah. It is a really good game. I'm gonna it's a really good I'm game. It's the that. best game that should have been on PC this year. Mario and Zelda have no business being on PC, but Horizon Zero Dawn should have been. I haven't played it. Have you played it, Matt? Yeah. It is what John say, says true or... Dave yeah. Wonder. Yeah, absolutely. I had my gallbladder removed in March, and that was brilliant. So I had to sit still in a chair for two weeks. So I just played Horizon Zero Dawn from start to finish. <laughs> I'm just going to cut. I had my gallbladder removed in March, which was brilliant. <laughs> I'd just leave it by itself. Yeah, maybe I should play that then and just forget about Ubisoft. And PC. I've heard it was an, it's an Ubisoft-like game, though. It's not. It's it's a, uh, Oh, I forgot it. If we are going to go off topic, it was if... Someone, oh, this is good. Keep all this in. This is good stuff. Me, me wondering <laughs> in my own head. Um, the if someone said, "Oh, Ubisoft have been making this idea for ten years. I wonder where it could go next." Then, then you'd get something like Horizon Zero Dawn. If someone were brave enough to divulge, to divert even from that genre, yeah, it's it's the next step that everyone else has ignored. Well, they haven't had time probably to. That's true. But the yeah. uh, the DLC comes out like any minute now, so that's good. I have to have another organ removed to play it, but I just haven't decided which. Does the body have two ball two two ball bladders? Two <laughs> two, two gallbladders. One gallbladder. Uh no, but I don't I've had my appendix and gallbladder out, but I'm not sure how much I need my spleen, so maybe that can go. Alright. Spleen, appendix, yep. gallbladder, all of these are good to go. Um if you want to play Horizon Zero Dawn on exactly. not the PC. Matt, what have you had removed so that you could play a game? My left arm. God, must make playing the games hard. Yeah, I didn't really think that one through. Uh, I haven't had anything removed. I, have, I don't play video games, as we've discussed, so... <laughs> I think we should wrap it up. I don't know why you'd want to stop at this point. This is gold, <laughs> non-stop gold. I think we should wrap it up, because now we're just, we're just trying to remember games that we have played earlier in the year. <laughs> On a system not relevant to our website. On a completely different system that doesn't, that uh, our listeners may may not have. Um, So yeah, Assassin's Creed Origins, alright, Call of Duty, World War 1-1. Depends. It's okay. That's what you you can take away from this podcast, I guess, right? That's the big roundup. That's the... That's the the big news. Go and play Horizon Zero Dawn is the takeaway from this. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, we will wrap it up then. This has been the Electronic Wireless Show. Uh, if you want, you can review us on iTunes or give us a little like button or whatever it is on the thing that you're listening to, Pocket Cast or SoundCloud. Uh, if you have a question you want to email us, you can do so at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Rock Paper Shot, uh, where we won't, I hope, be barraging you with 280 character tweets. Um, I bet our awful CMS thing still will still cut off if we <laughs> write more than seven letters in a tweet. Uh, we're on Facebook as well at Rock Paper Shot. 
If you have any ideas or theme for themes of future podcasts, please send them through or any questions, send them through whatever means you want, whatever things you think are available. If you have any ideas for stupid games we should play, like War or Gnaw, send them as well, because I'm running out. I think that's unfair, because it's not like just a regular, ordinary member of the public is going to be able to come up with an idea like that. So maybe say that they can come up with like something half as good. Whoa, okay. So there, there's John. Just it, That's challenge, I think, if anything. Come up with our content, please. Come up with our content. What I liked about what I just said is I managed to both insult you and all the listeners. Yeah, you're good at insulting, John. Oh, I've yeah. always said that about you. <laughs> you're all rubbish stuff. <laughs> um, that's it. We will say goodbye for now. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. How do you how do you enter the podcast awards? I don't know. I don't think we should do that.